very few have asked for. The place where you'll get the truth if you can stay awake long enough. Yes, you've got it. It's SAG 6. Yes, folks, thanks very much. Yes, here we are. Uh, Snag says podcast 14. Now, uh, I have to make out like we haven't done this before, but we just did. Um, we've got to go back and... Oh, do you think it'll be as funny as it was the first time, Grant? Probably not. Now, that's that, that there is the voice of Grant Roth, who's an old friend of mine, and our guest, after having uh, Susan Berg, who's achieved a great deal in her life, and... We're probably at the other end of the scale a little bit with Grant, just uh, who's who's basically flowed through life very easily and without uh, bereft of achievement, really. But he's an old friend of mine, and he's been up in Vietnam, and he's back in Australia. So uh, I thought, well, look, I'll give him something to do, and uh, he's come down Geelong Road today in the Camry. Why did you have to say I came in a Camry? Well, I, you know, you in the old days you would have come down on a Harley Davidson, and you know, with a, a bare chest and a denim. Uh, sleeveless denim. You, you you drive a Camry once in your whole life. One goat, Grant. One goat, yeah. But, you know, like I've come down in the Camry because I'm helping my daughter get it fixed so that she can continue to drive it. But So I, it's not your Camry? Well, it, well, it used to be my Camry, yeah. Who but, paid for the Camry? Well, I may have paid for it. Well, I think that makes it yours, doesn't it? Well, no, but I bought it for my daughter, but... But the point is that it's not my car of choice. It's just that I happen to be here in Transport. Camry. Yeah, couldn't you have, couldn't you have introduced me and said I, I came down on a I don't know an Amazonas or a Munch a Munch Ma- mammoth, mammoth or yeah yeah uh, no I didn't want to because I I said to Grant it's the only time a car's been in my driveway that's worth less than mine I reckon <laughs> we, we've got the combined the two cars out there are combined at about oh, three and a half grand I reckon. Uh, yeah, three and a half grand would be pushing it. It looks like a, a shitty car yard at the back of Richmond at the front. But there. look, a, the Camry's a good car. No, it's not. Two hundred and seventeen k an hour top speed. Well, you keep on coming up with this two hundred and seventeen. Well, it's uh, it's. Know, where are you getting this? Ignition limited. So when you get to two seventeen, the ignition cuts out. What when it falls off the end of Black Rock Abbott no, Street, no, Black Rock there, no, it was, a, off a cliff. No, it was designed deliberately to do that. And the speeder goes to 220, and it was designed that way so that uh, this was one of the first cars Toyota was going to sell in the Middle East. And it was very concerned because uh, people in the Middle East, if the speedo needle doesn't go near the end of, of what it says it's going to do, which in this case is 220, mm-hmm. they think there's something wrong with the engine. So... So at two seventeen, the ignition uh, cuts out. Uh, and has this happened to you? Has <laughs> this come up? Well, I reckon um, this Camry's done three hundred thousand k, and uh, I think when it was newer, oh, the engine's still good, but when it was newer, maybe the suspension worked a bit better than the it does right now. Than it does right now, and I think it might be a bit of a handful at two hundred and seventeen k an hour now. Well, my great friend John Bow, and I don't like to drop names. Yeah, I've got, I know. I think I was going over to Carl Cox's one day. Oh, really? <laughs> Eric Banner and I were going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, he suggests that Camrys are cars for people that don't like cars. Oh, that's probably true. Do you think but that's harsh? Or? Well, look, the truth is, Greg, that most people don't like cars. So uh, don't like cars. Well, no, they, they accept them as a, a necessary evil for transport. But there's plenty of people who don't even like driving. I can't imagine that. 
Well, I can't either. And and we lived through the glorious period of the internal combustion engine. And it, that's going to finish. Yes. It, it might finish in your lifetime. Well, it won't in yours, but it might in mine, I know. Well, yeah. I, didn't we decide you only had about a year and a half left in you? The, no, look, I, this, this this has come up tonight. <laughs> Apparently in one of my drunken states, I might have suggested 58 was old enough, but I was probably 30 at the time, Grant. This is the odd thing. As you get older... Your son and I have agreed that we, we heard you say you wanted to be killed when you were 58. So, Someone wants that blackbird. Well, I want the blackbird. He's going to get your car. It cost me 3800 bucks that blackbird. Well, it's a lot of money for me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it big time. But. Well... You have got a that, – that brings us to probably – Julia won't listen to this, will she? Um, it's possible, it's actually. It's possible. Yes. Right. Right. Well, that renders me mute. <laughs> really? <laughs> Julia's Grant's long-suffering wife. Can we get – Bless can her. We, can we get back to the Camry? Yeah, let's move. Safer ground. Camry. Safer ground. One goat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so you've, you've found your way down here. Uh, why didn't you ride a motorbike? Uh I had a photo shoot today. So what happened was I've come back from Vietnam uh, and the assistant editor of Motorcycle Trader magazine, my old magazine, the one that I used to edit, uh, has I think decamped. I, I might have edited 136 of them too, Grant. I don't think I did 136. No, I don't think you did. Yeah. But mine, you know, quality is more yes. important than yeah, quantity. That's right. yeah, so That's true. So the assistant editor or deputy editor, as he's called, Sean Muir, has decamped to complete his MA, which is um, in editing and publishing. Yes. And uh, it's difficult to find someone for just three months to fill yes. in. But yes. you can't train anybody. You, you need somebody who can hit the ground running and just do it. Or, or you know. Or sa- not do it. Or sashay. <laughs> or sashay. Yeah, or pretend to do it. Or, or fake it. Yes. And, yes. and I'm that man. Yes, so, you are that man. So I'm, ba- I'm back for... Um, uh, I'm back in the saddle for three months, but um, I drove down uh, from Castlemaine, where I'm now living. In the goldfields? You've moved from the city to... I've moved up into the goldfields, the central goldfields, yes. yes. But I drove down because you have to take so many props now when you do a photo shoot for a motorcycle magazine that you can't fit them on the bike. Ah, what so, did you have to take? Oh, well, I, I took a variety of jackets because I wasn't sure what they wanted. Uh, two helmets... You know, which helmets? Suspender belt or... Suspender belt? Rubber goods? No, none of that stuff. But um, uh, certainly, you know, like if we were going up into the Dandenongs. It was going to be cold, so I had to have something warm to put but on. I remember when you'd turn up in a stubby singlet, you know. Yeah, I know. In the middle of winter, though, in the big, Dandenongs. Big Warwick farm sticking out of the singlet. And well, yeah. It's changed a little bit. Yeah, it's but dropped off. The I, had, I had to take so much stuff that I needed a car to take it. So yes. drove to the office. We picked the bikes up. Yes. Um, you know what bikes they were? I reckon they might have been uh, Parry Dakar BMW and a new 1200 GS Urban. That's amazing. Oh, wait a minute. We've done this before, yeah, we haven't just, we? When, yes. when the recording didn't work. Ground, so Groundhog <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, they were the two bikes, but one was from 1982. Yes. Or actually, it might have been a slightly later model, but the same bike. Doesn't matter for the sake of a podcast. Yeah, okay. All right. And and the other one is brand new. And Don't uh, let the truth get in the way. No, no. Well, it, it, it doesn't matter. But it I've was, been fooling these suckers for a long time now. The original GS um, uh, 800 was a, an amazing bike. It was a groundbreaking bike. And this, was, so. this is the Perry Dakar model. Yes, the, the pretty one. Uh, well, it was pretty. Yeah, it is pretty. And it, it's pretty beside the new one, I have to say. Yes. 
Um, the new one, the engine bay area. I mean, the whole bike looks pretty good, the yep. new one, uh, and calling it urban, an urban GS. Um, it, it doesn't have a lot of suspension travel, but you can get a no-cost option of wire wheels with knobby tyres. Yes. And hipsters love that. Yes. Even though they may never... They want to feel like they can climb big red. Well, I, I don't know whether they do, but they like the look, you know, big, fat, knobbly tyres. Even though they, their heart rate gets up when they get more than 50 metres away from a latte machine. And Correct, yes. Yep. A hairdresser. Well, it's, you know, the problem with this is that the engine is so good. The engine's a perler. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, it's a really, a, a really grunty. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. done a fantastic job they with have. it. You know, as you probably know, I own a couple of BMWs, older BMWs. Yes. And when I accelerate on those, you know, all I'm really doing is trying to get the flywheel to turn over yes. at sufficient speed to propel the bike forward. Yes. Well, these have got hardly any flywheel effect, mm. and they've got terrific grunt. Off mm. the throttle, mm. so it's a, it's a really good bike. Yeah, yeah. But but the surprising thing about today was that the old, well there were two surprising things. The old bike is actually a very good bike. Yep. Uh, it's still a really nice bike to to ride. Well, it's very comfortable. I honestly, uh, it's think fast. That two valve airheads were the best of BMW. I honestly still believe that. Yeah. I think Ducati two valves are still the best of Ducati. So they got it right a long time ago. That engine yeah. works as a, a two yep. valve airhead. No, yep. no doubt. Well, you wouldn't be disappointed if you were using it as a, a daily rider now. No. Well, you'd pay for it too, Grant. They've become very collectible. Uh, well, except BMWs don't seem to have held... Well, they don't seem to have, have, have advanced in the same way that, say, a Kawasaki 900 or a Honda CB 750 has. Well, certain certain models. Paris-Dakar's... Paris-Dakar's are a bit hard to find. A bit harder to find. And what's that original R80's worth some money to? The original R eighty. Mm. Uh, well, Believe know. it or not. Yeah, I well, I find that hard to believe, but well, you know, t- I'm in the game, and you've been away for a while. Well, I've been away for a year, but I, I've kept my finger on the pulse. I, I've been reading Road Rider, so I'm right up to Have date you? with the latest news in yes. motorcycles. You've not learned ev- uh, everything. Uh Picked up a few things. Picked up a few things, yeah. yeah good. Yeah. Well, have you seen it at all? I don't think you have. Have you? No, they don't. No, s- no, they, they, don't they don't sell, sell it in Vietnam. Yeah. Well, they don't, and s- don't seem to sell it in Australia, Greg. It's not they? online. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some here for you, though. Oh, really? Good. So you it, can take. And uh, is, is this how you get paid on this show? They'll you be cheap. You don't get money. They'll you just get cheap. old copies of Road oh, Rider. Four dollars. Yeah. Four dollars a, a go. Can I can I tell you what happened today though in this photo shoot? Sorry, that I, was I, no, 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 no. Uh, this is a complete contrast to Vietnam, where there are police in Vietnam, but essentially there aren't any any road rules. So. Um, you just have to make do when you're on the road there. And it, it's kind of dangerous and they have a very high road toll. But it it's, was refreshing to spend a year away where you weren't likely to engage with the police. Mm. Um, we left the office this morning. Um, uh, we passed probably a couple of police cars. Uh, we got up into the Dandenong Ranges Half past 11 in the morning, we were stopped and breathalysed. Half past 11 in the morning? Yeah. And, and of course the problem... How did you get on? Well, you know, like under normal circumstances, had I been driving down from Castlemaine, I, I may have had a six-pack on the way down because the well, thing about man's cars... Not a, man's not a camel. Man's it? not a camel, yeah. But the thing about a car is that you can drink and drive at the yes. same time. Yeah. On a bike, you can't do that, no. really. Very hard. 
Very hard. Yeah. I have managed it. Camelbacks are good. Oh, really? <laughs> Camelbacks with, with a cheap Shiraz. Yeah. I remember out in the in, in the outback once uh, there was a guy with two drink holders on his trail bike, and he was riding through. <laughs> he had a, a open face helmet. And he was smoking, and he had two <laughs> two stubbies going, and he was Bless riding him. from one place to the next. Bless and, him. Well, it's not a problem out there, obviously. But yeah, we were breathalysed, and then we went to a remote dirt road to do the filming for the uh, the 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 photo shoot, and. When we got there, uh, we'd, we'd been there for a little while. A ranger came by and remonstrated with us for being in the National Park. And then about 10 minutes later, a police car came by. Mm. Uh, I, I saw more police in one morning in Melbourne than I'd seen in a year mm. in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. And they did uh, probably less. They are probably less effective. I mean, what have they well, done? They've talked to a couple of blokes riding a couple of old, uh, a new dirt bike and an old dirt bike. Uh, in the bush locally, through so it involved uh, two what two police cars and a, a ranger. Well, you know, a breathalyzer, three police cars, and a ranger. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's one Effective morning policing. Well, we knew where we stood. Yes. Yep. So don't drink. Well, <laughs> don't drink. Don't 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 ride. Don't don't ride on dirt so, bikes and national parks. We 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 know that. I mean, it's an old story of how over policed and how annoying it is to the, those of us that have lived through a a freer age. But it must have been nice up there. I mean, it's, it is attractive in Vietnam that people seem to self-police and everything seems... To, there's an anarchy about the whole place that works quite well. Well, uh, one of the... It wasn't on this particular year that I spent there, but prior to that, uh, you and I had the pleasure... Uh, you and your two children and I had the pleasure of spending... Uh, was it 10 days or 12 days riding up along the Chinese border? Fab- fabulous. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Fabulous. Yeah. And one of your boys rode, and one of them, uh, you pillioned him. Mm. Um, and it was a ball. Well, and, and it really gave you a sense that your personal safety was your own responsibility. Mm. You rode according to the conditions. Mm. A couple of times not, but yes. Well, there was the famous incident where you crashed twice in the, exactly the same spot. The, the mists of time. And mists of time? Oh, well, detail, perhaps, perhaps I should go into the details. Details so are sketchy on Greg's that. gone round the corner and, and uh, fall, it, fallen there off. There seems to be a malfunction with the microphone. No, I don't think there is. Oh. I think yeah. So he's fallen off into a bush uh, and with his son on the back and they've, uh, the bush has broken their fall somewhat. So far, that, so far it's true. Yeah. Okay, so Greg's picked the bike up and, and uh, his... Uh, his uh, little boy Gus has got off the back and and they've reassembled themselves and adjusted their clothing <laughs> and got back on the bike and Greg's fallen off again in exactly the same spot. But Didn't fortunately, move. fortunately, there was already the imprint of him and his son in the bush. Just landed in it, and they just landed in it again. See, I think that's one crash. No, that's two. If crashes. you don't move, no, it's two crashes and just fall <laughs> back into the. Let's can we call it one and a half? No, I think I think the crashes. listeners should be the judges, and, 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 and I think they'll agree it was two crashes. Can I say, listeners, that it was great to be supported by my friends who all gathered, uh, parked their motorbikes to double up in laughter, uh, and uh, when we went down the second time, I, I think they're still there laughing. Yes, there was, yep. it was, there was no forethought for how are they? Is the motorcycle broken? Uh, are there any fractures? It was just piss yourself laughing. It was a great trip. It was a great trip. It was trip. a wonderful trip. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I'd do that again any time. I think I spent the grand total for three of us 
doing everything you possibly can in uh, hiring motorcycles at the works. I think I spent about three grand a person. For, yeah, for two weeks. Well, it's still it's still relatively cheap. It's a cheap. joke how cheap it is. Well, yeah, well, but it's it's great to know that it's there and you can still go and do it. Have you noticed a change? I mean, while you're away, I was reading about Vietnam as the the sort of go to place, and I'm hearing about people going there all the time now. Was have you seen an acceleration in tourism up there over that period, or is it too short a period? Or um, the, Vietnam's developing very quickly, uh, and it's changing very quickly. So. Uh, I lived in Hanoi for uh, the year and uh, Hanoi is undergoing a massive building expansion so they're allowing for uh, the influx of a lot more tourists in the future. But in the place we were living, uh, which was uh, Taiho, which is a suburb of of um, Hanoi uh, near West Lake, uh, 25 years ago there were no apartments and now there's nothing there except apartments. Mm. So in, in the short space of 25 years, uh, that whole suburban area of Hanoi has changed. And the pace of change is actually picking up. Mm. Uh, but it's still possible. Is poss- it for the better? Look, it's very hard to say, isn't it? Because you, 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 can't, you can't condemn a country to live in medieval conditions simply because it makes it a nice tourist destination yeah, it's quaint for, you for people like us. Because yes. they, wa- they want more they want uh they want to be more like the west mm. uh they're exposed to it on television all the time mm. uh it, it is a worry because uh they uh they can't sustain western growth development uh the way the west has i mean certainly not like australia mm. uh well, on, based on that huge population or well there's, there's or dense population there's nine million people in hanoi uh there's eight million motorcycles yeah uh now What's happening with the development of the middle class is the middle class is, is buying cars. There's no room in Hanoi. There's no cars. room. They, they you can't even park them, let alone drive them. Well, you like it's difficult with motorcycles. Mm. You wouldn't believe this, but it's hard to find somewhere to park a motorcycle, yeah, yeah. let alone a car. Yeah. So, you know, they've got some big challenges ahead of them in terms of uh, of urban planning. Uh, and the, the Vietnamese government is doing it very well, I think. I mean, the the pace of change is faster than they can legislate for. Mm. But you see lots of very positive signs in Vietnam. Mm. Uh, we talked about this last time I was on air, actually. Did we? But, well, we did. But Can we bore them again? Well, I, I just want to say one thing, and that that's the Vietnamese government's commitment to education, that we spent quite a bit of time riding out in the bush uh, of Vietnam, and you go through villages where um, it could be, you know, a hundred years uh, ago type housing mm. uh, but there's a new school yes. so the government is committed to education it's committed to educating the young people uh, and I, I think it's really interesting that one of the effects of that is that young people in Vietnam now are starting to question whether the government is doing the right thing it's mm. a socialist government mm. so they're saying well you know maybe we should have gone for a free market economy rather than a, a controlled economy but the only reason they can have that debate is they've been educated Yes, to have it, and and and, the, um, and it's a brand of socialism which allows it. Well, that's right. Mm. That's right. Does um, it, so, dissent is um, tolerated. Uh, a certain amount of dissent is tolerated. There, are, there are still issues. Uh, there are still things that uh, we, uh, we in the West, or particularly in Australia, would would find uh, arguably oppressive, but. 
you, you've got to keep a big picture view on this. You've got to you've got to be able to say that uh, they're talking about a country with 90 million people, uh, uh, which has started off from a very low base and is recovering from some major wars. Uh, they, I think they're doing a really good job. Mm. So you came away. Um, I, I was wondering when you went up there whether um, living day to day within um, Vietnamese societies, particularly Hanoi, in a big big city by Vietnamese standards, um, whether it would be uncovered that there were things that you don't see as a traveller uh, that you come to know as a as a resident. It, was there anything there that was different to what you expected, for better or for worse? Well, I mean, one of the great things about the experience that we had was that we were we really were residents. You know, we were we were living there, so mm. we, we were living the day to day life, mm. and the day to day life is great. Mm. Vietnamese people have a wonderful sense of humour, probably the best in Southeast Asia. I think mm. they they like jokes, they get jokes. Yep, uh, they like to play. They like to play. Mm. Uh, and uh, th- I think the most important thing is that you can see that the kids are happy. And yes. if, if you can have a society where the children are happy and you can see them being happy, mm. something is going right. Old people and kids can't hide their... No, that's right. Yeah. They say that, look to the kids and look to the old people to see what a society's like. Yeah. So I, I've come from four degrees, uh, 40 degrees in, in Hanoi to four degrees in Castlemaine. So it's, it's a little bit difficult to, to make that adjustment. It's fucking cold in Castlemaine, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, it is, except, you know, we, we have a, a an ecologically friendly house that's got good heating and... and uh, so you've bought a house and you've left uh, a very, very genteel box hill for, uh, you know, well, one of the thriving centres, uh, rural centres in, in Mel- Victoria. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what we did, you know, and, and this is exclusive to... Uh, Snag says, yeah. This is, should I play a sting or anything? Or well, what? no, no. But, but you know, people don't tell you the real figures, do they? No one no, ever says. No, no one ever tells. When you, you know, no one says what they earn. And no. If they ever tell you, uh, what they tell you is more than the, what they actually earn. Yeah, why is that? Oh, because. Showing off. Showing off, you know, yeah. people. I tend to understate it. Do you? Hmm. What do you earn now? Fuck all. Fuck all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's understating well, it, I suppose. Well, yeah. Earn. Define earn, you know. But we we bought uh, we bought our house in Box Hill twelve years ago for. I don't think you should be saying figures. Five hundred. Julia might not appreciate this. Well, that's all right. This is the truth. All right. I'm scared. Yeah, but yeah. Julia, I had nothing to do with this. Well, we bought it for five hundred and thirty thousand, and when we which is a lot of money. It was then. Yeah. What year was that? Um, oh, well, I don't know, 12 years ago from... Half a million bucks, it's fucking... 14, 15 years ago. Fucking fortune. Yeah, it was a fortune, but it was a mortgage, of course, mm. you know, like most people have got mortgages. Yeah, you borrow it off the bank. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> my dream, my life's dream was to actually own a house so that anything I earned from my work went into the bank and I got to keep it all yeah, instead yeah. of half of it going to the bank every mm. fortnight to or every month. To service interest. To service interest, yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, I really only wanted a couple of years of that. I just wanted to own a house and have a couple of years of labour where I actually got to keep the money. Mm. And and as as it turned out, it was two weeks. (laughs) I paid off the house two weeks before we had to move out. (laughs) And and I didn't get that pleasure I wanted. Yes, well, it's two weeks of it anyway. Yeah. 
so we did what uh, we did what uh, we sold it for a fortune and did what a lot of people are doing now, which is relocating to country areas. Now I know uh, Snag says is um, international. We are international. Um, In fact, we're bigger than that. Melbourne, Melbourne is a Melbourne's a big city, but uh, Castlemaine's about an hour and a half away. Yes, easily, um, easily got to. Yeah, and houses there are probably a third of the cost of houses in Melbourne. So we were able to buy a house that we own, and there was money left over mm. to do things like say, well, why don't we get? You know, Julia's had a desire to go and teach in Vietnam. Mm. Uh, and a lot of it was voluntary. Mm. Yeah, she wanted to give back, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, so so uh, she taught at a um, foreign trade university in Vietnam, uh, and uh, it was there was a, a small amount of money involved, but it was essentially a voluntary position, mm. uh, and she was able to scratch that itch and and uh, do what she wanted to do. And you supportively went up there. And and laid, oh, don't, la- laid around for a year. Don't uh, very don't, supportively. Did don't that. make me sound. Don't make me sound too generous. You're not because, a hero. Eh? <laughs> because like you know, listeners, if if you're given the option, would you like to go and live in Vietnam and not work and just lie around and eat well, fur and yeah, ride. It on, wasn't the hardest on the fifties, but you did no. do it. And and I know that you left. You did go with support in mind because we had that conversation. So yes, it wasn't the hardest thing in the world to do, but at the same time, it was supportive of something that Julia wanted to do. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. she did it well, from what I can gather. Uh, she she did it very well. Yeah. I mean, we both enjoyed it, and in fact, we did have a conversation about not coming back, uh, not coming back immediately. So I wouldn't have liked that. No, well, well, I don't like listeners to know this, but I did miss you. Yeah, look, yes, I. I it sounds you. a bit puffy. Yeah, well, yes. A bit yeah. bromancy. Yep. And you know I'm fine with the fact that you go either way. I'm good with that. I've always said that I'm all right with that. Uh, yeah, great. You know, do and, other people know that? Or? And thank God this is a podcast because they can't see you sitting on my knee while you're saying <laughs> That's that. Right. Thank God it's a podcast no one <laughs> listens to, which is even more important. But uh, how did we get onto that? Well, look, it's it's just, I mean, it's an, an age thing that... Um, if if you if you're getting getting to the you know the age where you can, you can actually do that, it's worth doing. Uh, I, I feel really sorry for people who feel trapped by the fact that they they own a house in Melbourne that is theoretically worth one and a half million bucks, but they're not prepared to go anywhere. Yeah, because uh, they've got to service that debt. Uh, well, they've got to service the debt. Mm. Uh, and you know you've got to ask yourself, you know, what what is the city providing for me? And if the answer is not very much, not a whole lot, yeah, and and you could spend the money more sensibly. But you're right when you say it's an age thing because up until now, or you know, a few years ago, and I'm I find myself in pretty much the same boat. You're bringing up your children, you're paying your, you know, your house, whatever your major cost is, and generally that's a house. You're bringing your children up, um, and you live pretty much morning to morning and going through the things. Uh, yeah, that life brings on that yeah very primary basis, and then all of a sudden, you don't see it coming, but you're actually freed. Um, the kids are hopefully doing their own thing; they can come and go, but you don't have to actually be in the physical same place as them. No, you don't. So you can shift to Castlemaine. You could never have shifted to Castlemaine ten or fifteen years ago, simply because the kids needed to go to school and yep, uh, work was you know you would have had to get into the town every day 
So it is an age thing. That What you're experiencing now is being delivered of the fact that you are now free to do that and you've freed up some money by decentralising. Uh, yeah, that's right. But uh, there's a lot of people that say, all right, well, you know, we don't have a lot of available um, cash, but our house is worth $2 million. But because it's worth $2 million, we can't afford to move out. Yes. Now, these, it's, this is even people who own the house. Mm. And when you say, well, what could I do with that $2 million? Live. Yeah. I, I can go and live in Vietnam for a year and volunteer and, and you know, give something back to a, a, a society that we, we rolled over pretty comprehensively 40 years ago. Yes. Um, uh, you can do that kind of thing. But it, it, it's a mindset. It just depends on, you know, what, what your values are and, and, well, I guess it also depends a little bit on how frightened you are. You should be able to, uh, throughout your life, to be able to make those kind of decisions where you say, well, I can leave, mm. I can go and do this. Mm. Uh, but for a lot of people, it's difficult. Well, it comes down to family for most of us. Yeah, um, well, that's true. It's, yeah. it's about family ties and that sort of things, providing... Yep. Um, and, and, you know, you and I have had a career in, we're probably blessed, really, in that we've been able to have a career where you don't hate going to work. A lot of people hate getting up every morning and going to work, and they hate it all their lives. Yeah. But they do it to service a need because they've got kids and they've got a... Mortgage. Know, and, mortgage, and, yeah. the, you know, some of it's misguided and some of it's just living. But uh, our, our lives have been blessed, really, in regard to career... Um, you're now at a stage where you can do, you know, if you want to travel, you can. You're making me sound old. I'm not old. Well, look, you're not old. You, you, what are you, 70? So, well, not quite. Not quite. No. 60's no. the new 50. 60's the new 50. And 70's yeah. the new 60. Yeah. Uh, look, you still. I said this when you came back from overseas, and I quite meant it. You looked well. You looked really well. And I... I st- you look much better than you did before you fucking went. Which <laughs> well, I was working hard. Meant as a compliment, of course. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, you looked well, and I and I think that um, what you have done has not only made you probably physically feel better, but you've mentally recharged. Oh, definitely mentally recharged. Uh, which, but which you know, you had a fair way to this this come up. this three months of uh, full time work will fix that though. I'll be, I'll be an You'll emotional be a, mess yeah, again by the, drunk and by the end of no, it. <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> so tell me now, Castlemaine, it's uh, it's kind of Cosmo now, Castlemaine. You can get yourself a decent coffee and a focaccia. Uh, yes, it's it's referred to as North Northcote now is, is because it, is that right? Yeah, well, p- people that's who, very good. Well, the people who live in Northcote who who kind of have equity in their homes uh, and who had kids. Uh, and the house is small. They can't stay in the house. Mm. Uh, a lot of those people are moving up to Castlemaine. But you know, it doesn't matter where you are in Australia, um, whichever capital city you're in. I think probably the exception is Sydney because it's so spread out and broad. It's hard to find a cheapie in Sydney. Yeah. But, but you know, like coming down today uh, on a bad run, uh, it's about an hour and a half Yeah, and it, from it, from a tiny country town. Yes. To the middle of Melbourne, it's mm. an hour and a half. Yep, you know, which is it take you that long to get from Berwick? Yeah, that's you know, right. That's right. You similar. can be in a suburb of Melbourne and take an hour and a half to get to. So if you need to get there, you can. Oh yeah, that's and right. And your kids are old enough now; they're spread a little far and wide. But yep, I know your family is as I run my family. 
the kids can always come and go. Their room will always be there. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, home now represents something different for kids of, of your your kids' age, yep. ages, all grown up and kind of working and doing their own things. Um, to, to go and live in Castle Maine and if they had to work in town, they could do it. Well... One of the one of the things, of course, we, we bought this house about three days before we went to Vietnam and uh, uh, one of my younger kids looked after it for four or five months and then one of my older daughters took it over, um, which suited them. I mean, they, they, they weren't just looking after the house. They needed somewhere to live. Yeah, so but, it suited everyone's needs. And I don't remember actually leaving a note asking my, my daughter, um, Annika, to do this, but... She's acquired a rescue greyhound. A rescue greyhound, you say? A rescue greyhound. Right. So that's a dog that was a bit slow. Uh, well, when you get a rescue greyhound, you get its whole history. And Stewie... How did which, yours get on? Uh, no starts, no wins. 100% effort. <laughs> well, yes. I, you know, I've got, I've got the feeling... It, well, it, it's the grandson of Brett Lee, which is... Uh, Brett Lee is supposed to be one of the greatest greyhounds who ever lived and, you know, a fabulous racer. And um, Stewie is a grandson of Brett Lee. Mm. But um, the original owners of Stewie must have run him around the track a couple of times and decided he was no, useless. No good, Stewie. And yeah. he probably would have got a lead injection behind the ear. Would have well, in the old fate. days, in the old days, yeah, they would have just taken him out the back and shot him. But uh, the the Greyhound Rescue Program, uh, I'm in two minds about this because I, I think it partly encourages Greyhound owners to not worry about their dogs anymore because if it's not fast, they can give it to a rescue yes. um, organisation. Uh, so they don't have to take any more responsibility for it, mate. Having knowing a bit about the greyhound industry, yes, they, they don't take a lot of responsibility. No, well, I, I mean, one slug behind the ear. Some are now, some are now. I ran into some greyhound owners in Castlemaine who uh, are acclimatising their dogs to normal life before they start racing them, because it makes them easier to uh, rehome afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That'll I mean, these the, are generous people. That'll be in the majority. <laughs> well, no, it won't be. I know that. I know that. But um, greyhounds, because of the way they've they've lived, uh, Stewie is a, a probably a good example of this. He'd never seen a television before. He was terrified when he saw a television. Oh, yeah. There were images on the screen talking. Yeah, what's that mean? Yeah, and a dog barked, and and uh, uh, he freaked out. You know, yeah. Um, he walked into all the glass doors in the house because he's never seen glass before. Oh, uh, yeah. So when they're born, they you know, and, they, and they're going to be greyhound racers, they, they live in a kennel and yeah. you know, they don't get to see any of this stuff. They don't, um, Stewie likes other dogs but doesn't know how to behave with them, doesn't know how to play. Um, so is he get, it's timid? Yeah, he's, he's very timid, yeah. yeah. But he's big, you know. Like yeah. Big. So what are you saying? You've got a dud dog. Is that what you're saying to me? Well, you know, in theory, my daughter has a dud dog, but well, no, we all know when our kids get a dog. Yeah, we do, don't we? <laughs> yes. What's going to happen next? No, they go off travelling the world, and you well, have a, you have a dog. As we speak, she's in Canberra, and she's just been in Indonesia working for ten days, and well, and no one could ever complain of Annika being a, anything but an exceptional person. No, no, she but is. Being, yeah, but you, it's your dog, mate. No, it's not my dog. It's her dog, and all she's right, okay. she's taking responsibility for it. Uh, and if, we, uh, as she's pointed out, if we weren't there, she would, she would make alternative. Does she want me to shoot it? Or 
No, I'll come up and no, shoot she it. She absolutely can, do, does. You've done if that you've before. Had enough, I've, you know, the odd dog hasn't. Yeah. You two go out and one come back. You know. Well, you know, one of the interesting things about coming back here, uh, Greg, after a year, is that your dog is probably twice the size it was when I left. Very big dog. Very, big very dog. big dog. Very big dog. Yeah. Well, she's ten now. Yeah. She's part of the furniture, and uh, yep. She's probably not getting walked as much as you'd probably uh, is optimum. Yep. Um, I have uh, a 21 and 18-year-old and uh, probably dog walking you know, third or fourth on the list of things to do each day. Is um, uh, Are the rabbits, local rabbits, safe? She's not going to oh, be able to catch fuck, them? Unless, <laughs> unless she lays on one, it covers the burrow. Accidentally falls on it. Yeah, it covers yeah. a burrow by going to sleep on it for four days oh. or something. Uh, I don't think... She lets walk... Uh, the the, the uh, birds walk over her. In the backyard, do they? She doesn't give a. Doesn't shit. even wake up. Couldn't give a <laughs> fuck, you know. But uh, she's a happy dog and uh, yeah. very much part of our. But yeah. she's not a greyhound. No, she's not a greyhound. Yeah, the, one of the problems with greyhounds uh, is that you can't, uh, you can't train them to come when they're called, and so the, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that. Nation. So Stewie has to be on a lead if she's outside, and they sit an exam. Uh, the rescue greyhounds before they get released. So they go from the trainers to a halfway house. A bit of that. Bit, bit of, of that. Yeah, well. You, bit of trick. You've yeah. got to... But they go to a halfway house where they're um, house trained, they're toilet trained, uh, and they have a go at making them kind of understand what normal life this is like. This all sounds a bit lefty and boutique to me. Well, you, well, you know, you see a lot of rescue greyhounds in... Clifton Hill and Carlton yes. and yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I, it's an altruistic thing to do. Well, it is an altruistic thing to do. Yeah, mm. that's that's true. But they're not they're not like um, border collies or or Labradors. Um, um, your dog's Labrador. Well, it's a fucking full blood Labrador. I mean, why would you ask oh, that full question? blood Labrador? It's yeah. a fucking of course, pedic- yeah. It's My, yeah. It's an award winning dog. Yeah. It's fucking Brett Lee's granddaughter, mate. It's a, yeah, no, 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 it's, not, it's no. not. But um, uh, I, I love offensive the, that is. Yeah, well, no, I, I love the the fact that your dog was really pleased to see me, and and uh, and we reacquainted ourselves, and uh, yes, because she's been around it all her life. She's all she knows is love. Yeah, that's right. all she's ever seen. So yeah. that's all she ever gives. Yeah, well, she's never been hit in her life. Or... The gr- the greyhound is the greyhound is different. Yes. Uh, well, I can leave that front door open. She won't leave the house. No, because she wants to be around you. She knows not yeah. to do it. Greyhounds are sight dogs. Though, you so... open a door with a greyhound, and he's well, we're in Ocean Grove. He'd be in fucking talking in an hour. Well, no, they, they'll they'll hang around. I mean, they they do socialise a bit, but uh, if they see anything that they can chase, they'll chase it. So mm. you can't. You can't train them to say, you know, stop. You can't come. train that out of them. No, you can't. So they won't come, come when they're called. Yeah. So if See, I, Stewie isn't going to last with me. Well, you. Well, that's. It just Stewie means, being a dump master by bet. No, oh, I, honestly, I. Oh no! Please. I mean, if they can't make your money, what's the use of the fucking things? Any children listening to this. <laughs> Any children listening to this podcast? Can you go In and fact, get your parents late, now and late. get them to turn it off? You put two of them head to head, it's only one bullet. No. Oh, Christ. No, sorry. No, look, I, I don't think that at all. Listeners, please don't. It's generous. It was generous of my daughter to do it. Um, I think it's great. Uh, it was generous of her to do it at my expense because I'm looking after the dog at the moment. 
but uh, I'm sure she's sincere and that is her dog and she will take responsibility for it. But it's an interesting experience. Yes. Having a greyhound. Yes, well, clearly. Uh, now, back to Castlemaine, we've had the greyhound yes. and uh, you're up there on, is it a property grant you're on? Is it overseeing a property there? Or? Well, it's an acre and it backs onto a That's reserve. That's a property, isn't it? For us cityites, an acre? It's um, a property? Yeah. Well, it's it's got an orchard and uh, as of... I haven't prop- been invited up, listeners, either. He's been back a month, fucking nothing. As of a week ago, we got bees. So we got... Uh, you got a beehive? We've got 10. What the hell? What happened there? Well, rescue greyhound. Okay, there are things called rescue bees. Rescue bees have been yeah. raced and... Raced and <laughs> they didn't do any good. Didn't do any good. <laughs> a bullet would make a mess of no. a bee, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. <laughs> so no. t- what the hell? So now you've got bees. I well, didn't know there's any of a, this. Well, there's a... Castlemaine's full of, you know, these kind of people, but... Uh, Lefties. Uh, Daniel, the... the Chardonnays. Be- Daniel, the beekeeper... Um, uh, rescues bees and picks up hives that aren't aren't uh, um, being looked after anymore, and uh, saves swarms of bees. How do you save a swarm of bees? Well, you give them somewhere to live. What you go up and say, "Look, come over here." Well, you don't do it quite do like you, that. But how does that work? Uh, well, you you get the swarm and you you give it a, a hive to no, live in. No, hang on. You get the swarm. Well, yeah. you fucking open a boot and say, how do you get a swarm? Well, a swarm is actually the safest group of bees you'll ever find because they're not interested in biting you or or uh, they're not interested so in... So they're swarming somewhere. Yeah, they're swarming in... A, in well, in a swarm. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I got the yeah. swarm. Right, okay. You said a group of bees before too, which Did is, I? I didn't want to pick you up on that. Well, it's a, actually technically a mob of bees. Is it a, a mo- no, it's not a mob of bees. I'm making that up, listeners. I'm making that up. Clearly you've taken to the beekeeping thing. So they're sitting on a log, or attached to a tree, or uh, attached to some. So you go out. How does he know where they are? Uh, they get reported. So oh, right. in Castlemaine, someone will ring Daniel up and say, "There's a swarm here." So he goes. He gets in the ute. Out he goes. Uh, well, he doesn't get in the ute. He rides a, a bicycle with a um, with a um, little tow thing on the back of it. Um, he lives very frugally. Very frugally, very close to the earth. Okay. Uh, and he Hi- goes out. Hippie. Uh, no, no. No, he's a very nice guy. Well, very concerned could, about bees. He could be nice and a hippie. Well, yeah. Be, he's not a hippie. He's, he's a, a Brit, an English guy who's found himself in a, a remote Australian country town. Okay. So he's a good bloke and he's on his push bike. Out he goes. Collects the swarm, pops Co- it. Now collects. See, this is where I've got to stop you. Well. What do you do with the swarm? Well, you pick it up and you put it in in a hive, so that you pick the, it up with so hive. that the bees have got somewhere to live. Yeah, I, no, I understand all the mechanics of the residential. Yeah. And stuff. a hive is just kind of like a box; it's like a giant shoe box. No, but we're on a tree, weren't we? We were, but oh, but it's not a a fixed thing, you know. Like it, it's it's something that can be moved. Right. All right. Uh, and you know, there's a queen bee. Yes. Which you need. And that's uh, that's why they're hanging around, right? Yeah, and and Daniel's shtick is that uh, he, these these bees aren't for honey. So, uh, and what he does is you know, this is this is great, really, when you think about it. But uh, if you live in a um, in a house in Castlemaine, you can rent a hive. Yeah, for that's the box thing, right? The box, yeah, yeah. and you get your own bees. Now, uh, 
what's going on in the world is that bees are disappearing. Yes. Uh, and what people don't get is that bees are responsible for pollination. Yes. So uh, if there are no bees, uh, trees no, don't get pollinated. No food. Um, you know, um, plants don't grow. Uh, we've got an orchard mm. on, on this place in Castlemaine. Uh, and uh, when we bought it, uh, the hives used to be in the property next door uh, and all the bees would be in our orchard. So we had a beautifully pollinated orchard and uh, now we've agreed to just have 10 hives on the, on the property uh, just as a rescue yep. measure, but our orchard is going to benefit. So it's not about the honey, you leave the honey alone? Well, we we we'll probably end up with a little bit of honey, but not very much. It's not not, it's not about the honey. It's not about the honey. Yeah, it's about the pollination. It's about saving the bees and letting the bees do what they do best. So, do you have to do any? Do you have to do anything? No, in in fact, you know, the contract is we don't do anything at all. You know, I'm I'm basically not allowed to touch the hives, which is fine by me because mm. you know, I don't know enough they about. They sting. Well, they 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 can, but they don't. You know, so it's not dangerous or anything. You know when there's not a lot of food around, you've got to w make the hole smaller into the hive? Because uh, then they can defend it if another yeah, they're attacked. Yeah, uh, thanks, Greg, because also, you know, what I wanted to do was come down and get a bit of possibly true or possibly false no, no, I know a bit about stuff bees. about bees well, no, no, so no, that I could go back and end up being stung take, to death because I listened to you instead of listening to someone who actually knows oh, something no. about it. Stewie the... Uh, not Stewie, yeah. Stewie the Greyhound. No, the, who's, the, who's the bloke with... The, Daniel, the who, beekeeper. Who's the bloody boutique lefty with the... Daniel. Daniel, that's right. So... Uh, Hi, Daniel, if you're listening no, to this. thanks, Daniel. Look, it's all yeah, for... It's you're doing a, it's, a great job. This is all for humour, mate. This is just yeah. for humour. Um, so now you're, you've got an orchard and you've got bees. Yeah. Um, you're overseeing a small property, uh, up there in the gold fields. Is there a shed? Not yet. There's one coming. Is there? Except I've got a problem with that too. Why? Well, I, I, d this is the first time I've ever done this, but you know, I wanted a, a shed. I wanted to, because I need somewhere to put all my bikes basically, but. You've got a lot of bikes, have you? Well, I've probably got 10 or 12, yeah. Mm. These are motorcycles. for Motorcycles, uh, yes. So they'll come back from the various... Places they're currently places being stored. They, do you remember yeah. where they all are? I know where most of them are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll get most of them. No. So a shed's going in? A shed's going in, yeah. But the shed's Is very... Is it expensive? Ex yeah, shed, it's or? very expensive. Yeah. How much would a, well, a shed cost? I think I'll be lucky to get out of it for less than about 48000 For a shed? Yes. What's it, well, is it uh, to be gold fair, lined or something. What? To be fair, they're also putting in a carport. Oh well, on the there, other, there's your forty-eight grand. Gold on the other there. side of the two house, two sheets of tin and a couple of uprights. Well, that's what I reckon too. But the carport's eight grand. Now what, I'm not going to name. You're going to put the Camry in it, or yeah, the Camry. I know. <laughs> oh, actually, no, the, the Camry car, will be in there. The carport will be worth a lot more than the, the car. The, the three thousand dollar Camry and the two thousand dollar Merc will be in the forty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> will be in a, yeah. Why am I protecting them? You know? Is there a flaw in your business model at all? Do you think? Well, if you had forty eight grand, what would you spend it on? Well, I don't think it'd be a carport uh, and a shed. But look, you know, I reckon I'd use most of it on uh, marijuana, cocaine, and yeah, horse, and yeah. the rest I'd squander. Yeah, yeah. But but when you think, oh Jesus, you could buy a brand new car for. A I good think, car for well, 48 look, grand. I, do, I set you up a bit 
listeners, I should say I am setting you up a bit. I knew it was 48 grand. Oh, did you? Which oh, okay. I know to be... Excessive. There's a bloke in Castle Main pissing himself in the front bar of the Imperial going, and I've got this bloody bloke from Melbourne who's going to pay 48 large for a bloody shed. For a tin shed. For a tin shed. Yeah. I, I, look, I, honestly, you've got to change that. It's got... Um, I'll come up and build it for you for It's 25. got a, a little bit of insulation. Is it? Right. Yeah. A couple of bats. No, not bats. Just that silver stuff they stick onto the roof. Yeah, to, fuck. Yeah. About eight bucks a yard. Yeah. And it's got the doors, the doors to the two bars. Oh, they're going to give you doors for the 48? Yeah. The, and But they're uh, electric, you know. You just press a button and oh, they go mate. up and down. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah, shit. You should you should be a little bit more uh, interested in this because you could be living there in the not too distant sure, I know future. Things are a bit yeah. light on in the public. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Maybe I, I shouldn't know, be quite so rude. We could be running a magazine up there. So does Julia know how much this is costing? Uh yes, yeah, she does know, and uh, she shares your concern about it. Does she? Yeah, but I mean, you know, the position I'm in is that I I don't want to. I've got no interest in. Building a shed. I just, no, no, I no. want a shed I can use. Yes, get a man in. Yeah, and uh, there's a project manager who will coordinate all these I things. I think there'd be three project managers, a secretary and a couple well, of Well, yeah, probably, and I'm paying for all of them. But but uh, here's the thing, listeners. Uh, if you've ever done any of this kind of stuff yourself and you've thought, well, I'll manage this, and you need a, um, you need a concreter and you need an electrician and you need a plumber and you need... Uh, any well, it's other going to have plumbing? Well, no. Well, it's yeah, it's going to have a little bit of plumbing, but but the well, point is spouting. that trying to coordinate um, tradesmen to in in a sequential way to arrive and do the job because what normally happens is that the concreter says, well, you know, I'll have it finished by the twenty seventh. So you get the shed guy to come on the twenty ninth. And the concreter hasn't turned up. It's been rainy. Or the shed yeah. guy turns up and he's got the shed, but there's nowhere to put it. Mm. Uh, and it must then, have been tough for those pyramid people all that years, those years ago. You know, well they this had is a different a shed grant. They had a different it's a shed. They had a different business model. I've got a shed out the back there. No, not your shed. I've got a shed. The, out the, mine's there. a real shed. It's not like the one you've well, got. Well, it's only there. a small shed. Yeah, it's a very small. It's shed. a very small <laughs> shed. If you you can squeeze in it. I've, th- got, I've got one barrow in it. I think Bunnings did very well to. <laughs> <They> <laughs> Well, look, good luck with your $48,000 fucking shed. That's all I can well, say. Well, you're going to be living in it one day. I, I can I can tell that already. i a couple so. of motorbikes in it, I'll tell you that much. Well, there's a little bit of room, so you might be able to store at least one bike in there. All right. Now, have I got a room up there when I come up? Uh, yes, or? yep. There's enough There's enough space for you, certainly. And um, there's some beautiful flat areas on the one acre where you can, you can come up and... Do donuts. No, no, no. Not to no. Us. Bring, bring your combi. In amongst the bees. We could do that as a slalom course. Bring your combi or come up and sleep in my combi. And, oh, you. you know, yeah. But it's beautiful. The kangaroos come up at night. There's 140-odd kangaroos in the paddock over the back. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, and they come down at night and drink at the creek. The, the creek's in the reserve, not on my block. But So uh, have you got a reserve abutting? Yeah, on two sides. So I'm only 10 You've minutes. You've landed in heaven. Well, it's... I have in some respects in that the block is beautiful mm. and it's only a 10-minute walk from there into the middle of Castlemaine. So, Fantastic. You know, you can just look at uh, – you can't see another house from the back veranda uh, but if you want to go and get a coffee, you can you can walk into town in 10 minutes and get it. 
Now, uh, Julia's loving... Oh, she really hasn't had a chance to uh, get used to it, has she? No, and she's about to uh, about to split. Uh, she to... loves it, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it'll be good. No regrets? Uh, no, no, not really. Not really. No. Well, I wouldn't regret rolling around in a heap of money. And a... There's me. There's That's one regret, but... What do you mean? Well... Regrets. I've had a few, oh, but then again, that's look. We just drink to blot these things. You know, out. but she's probably at this stage where she couldn't be bothered training another. No husband, sir. Well, look. I think you've got a good marriage. Thanks. I've I've always thank you, that. thank you. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> you're you're a great judge of these yes, things. Yes, I know these things. Yeah. Now, look. Speaking of drinking, I've just got to go slip out to the uh, fridge. Fridge. So I'm oh. just. Uh, we'll just take a little break. Grant, if that's all right with you. Uh, welcome back, folks. So just a little drink break there. And uh, fortunately, we've had an addition to the group. Young Spencer Leach, my eldest, is joining us for the next segment. Grant and Spencer. Next segment, of course, is snag at uh, snagsays at gmail.com. People write in and I look after their personal problems. Right through to uh, marital problems, uh, general social stuff. I advise on the military, bees, beekeeping. And uh, we've got a couple of letters. I've delved into the bag and there's 2,000 of them there this week. 2,286, to be honest. So I'll get straight into it. Hello, Spencer. Welcome. So of all your listeners, everyone has sent in at least three emails. Yes, let's not get caught up on who, uh, you know, the mathematics of the thing, but yeah, it's something like that. Well, it works in mysterious ways. It does, like the Lord. Grant, you ready for the young bloke? Uh, I certainly am, and I'm looking forward to the letters. Righto. Well, let me start right now. This is from Alison from West Ride in uh, New South Wales, Grant and uh, Spence. All right? Just to contextualise it for you a little. Dear Snag. Loving the podcast, I have to say, I can't believe you're still single. Any mention, anything about that? Who wrote this? Alison from West Ride. Right. You know Alison. The average age of people who live in West Ride is about 75. No. So. <laughs> Let's not get caught up in demographics. Anyway, as she says, anyway, that's not the main reason for my email. My boyfriend is a very sweet and attentive guy, does almost everything right, but I can't stand his family. They interfere with everything we do, are always turning up unannounced, and are frankly beneath me on just about every front. I love him, but I simply cannot stand them. He's oblivious and loves them anyway. Do I just put up with it, or should I risk losing him by banning his hillbilly family? Over to you, Alison from West Ride, New South Wales. Now, lads... I'll throw that straight to you. Well, Alison, uh, there are a couple of things that you could do here. Were we taking your letter seriously? Uh, what, what you could consider is being honest with them and getting them all in a room one day and just expressing your discontent with the current situation. Boring. 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 Uh, yeah, Greg, when you say boring. Boring. Yeah, I know, I know. But... It's Get rid a, of him. It's a solution to the problem. Uh, now, uh, that could go uh, in a number of different ways. If they were rational people, they'd hear what you had to say, understand your oh, concerns, Dr. and Phil. react accordingly. Um, the other option you've got, of course, is to say that 
uh, or accept that that's not likely to work anyway. And if you're really, really unhappy with it, you have to ditch him. Have and, you dealt with this before, Grant? And it maybe just seems to be ringing. No, and maybe maybe take take the option that you expressed in the first paragraph that that uh, the single ho- the host of Snag says is in fact single megastar megastar and early early embryonic but yeah and thank God this is radio because you can't see what he looks like uh, but maybe you should I've exercise that option I've looked better I must admit. Uh, I have to I have to say that on the basis of my knowledge of his family you won't have the same problem oh that's right now Spencer you're uh, at least three generations younger than Grant so um, your thoughts only we get a different perspective you know Allison uh, can I call you Ali it's a little bit I uh, I wasn't listening when you said the emails <laughs> I don't know it's had a couple of jars I think. So, yeah, just do whatever your heart tells you to do. Boring. Another boring response. You've, you've got to advise. The girl has written in needing advice. Yeah, all right. Okay, so Spence and I have had a go at this. Uh, boring. Would you like to? Well, I don't like to poke around in people's business. It's mean, it's not, not, you know, that's why I've got you here. Look, she's not even married to this bloke. No, it's well, only a boyfriend. Okay, so so she does have an out. Well, it's just their boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean, if you're going to start out on this foot, Spencer. Well, look, no, I'm not Spencer. I'm Grant. But the the oh. point is that uh, could every give, could single, give the kid a bit, kid a go. But anyway. every single uh, relationship's got these kind of problems in it. You know, you've got you've got to be able to resolve them. And if, and if you if you're not going to be honest and and be upfront about it in the first place. Uh, your only option is to make a decision about whether you want to continue or you don't continue. And, uh, you know, it sounds to me like uh, if she can't do the first option... Uh, Alison. Yeah, she's better off getting out of it. And, and She loves him, though. Well, look, from the sound of her letter, she loves you as well. Well, you know, you love the one you're with. Grant, I've always said that. Uh, Spencer? Ellison? Uh, I still don't know what's going on at all. No, uh, you're not helping. So yeah. <laughs> I expect. I know you brought me in for my insight. Yes, young and you know, fruitful, thoughtful. Yeah. No. Not Come so much. Short. Crickets. Well, look, I, I think the problem is that someone Spencer's age isn't going to be able to understand exactly what Allison's going through. No. Because uh, in his family, all his girlfriends have always been accepted by. The rest of the family and and, and they it, find me exceptional. His family is fabulous. Yes, and they're more likely to stay with him because they like his family. He's never rather than because this. they like him. Yeah. All right. Well, I, Alison, look, I don't think you've got anything out of any of that. Honestly, you you went with textbook one hundred and one, and fucking junior didn't know what I was talking about. Listen, I gave some pretty good advice. What was your advice again? Yeah, she should follow her heart. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you can't read that anywhere. Well, if that's the case, she loves the man. She said she loves him. What do we call him? Bob. We'll call him Bob because we need, we need to give him a name. She loves him. She's in love with him. I don't think love conquers all. If she loves him like she says, she'll be able to climb this mountain. There'll be hundreds more. Yeah, there will be hundreds more. And, and that, I think that's the whole issue that, that you know, in a, in a relationship that's going to go any distance, these things crop up all the time do they 
All the time? Well, that's been my experience. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I mean, no, I've been very, I'm, everything's good with me in regard to that. Really? Yeah, okay. Um, well, you know, like relationships are a day-by-day experience. They are. If she yeah. loves the man, she'll stay. And she might have days where they don't turn up. So, you know, and she can just go, well, I had a great day. But what, what about when Bob hears this uh, on the airwaves? Which yeah. he, I mean, he undoubtedly well, he will. will. He, he will. Everyone. He's going to be pissed. Man. He's going to. And what about the bit where she goes? I can't understand why you're still single to me. Wouldn't Bob go? Hang on a minute. Um, you know, you've sort of been you've been flirtatious on Snacks. Yeah, but the thing is that uh, because no one can see what you look like. If Bob, why do you keep keep harking on that for harping on that for? Well, if Bob knew what you looked like, he'd, he'd be nothing fine. To worry about. Yeah, he'd have nothing to worry about. But uh, uh, nasty uh, industrial accident. I, yeah. Well, no, I think lying. My head only went halfway through the mincing machine. <laughs> <laughs> the rest's all right. I reckon it was lying face down on the chenille bedspread for too long. But oh, that's just my theory, you know. But. There's uh, more than one. There's... Bob's not going to be jealous, but the the thing is that Bob needs to understand that that his family is an issue and it's got to be resolved. Well, there's uh, there's more ways to make headlines than sleeping on a corduroy pillow. Crickets, crickets. <laughs> but what about that gag I said before when it didn't work? The bloke who first decided said to his mate, "I reckon if we boil down that horse, we'll get some good glue." And the other bloke looked at him and said, "Is is everything all right at home? Is everything all right at home?" I think that'll do with Alison. Yeah, yeah Alison. Let's Thanks. move on. Good yeah. luck, Alison. All right, now we move on now to uh, Walter from Perth over there in Western Australia. Yeah, the other Walt. side of, Walter from Perth, the other side of Australia, uh, long way away from here. But you you see how far we reach? Yes. I mean, it's three and a half thousand k's over there. This is an interna- international. Uh, Podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, All over the world, people everywhere. are relying on the Well, in- it's not just a podcast. I think it's a bit of a movement. Yeah, it is. Rising up through the social classes. Thank you. Grassroots. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. In fact, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised next week if we have a letter from Italy or something like that. In fact, I'll be almost certain that could happen. <laughs> I'd be very surprised <laughs> if we don't get one. Yeah. <laughs> very strongly. Angelo from Genoa. <laughs> right. Uh, dear Snag. Uh, I'm thoroughly disgusted by my country's approach to same-sex marriage. We are looking stupid in the eyes of the world with our lazy inaction. When will we front up to our obligations and just legalise same-sex marriage? That's Walter from Perth. Walter doesn't say how old he is or anything. We don't. We know nothing about Walter other than he's from Perth. Same-sex marriage, the government's inaction. All right. So the situation we're in at the moment with this is that the uh, the government uh, has decided that if the Senate isn't going to pass uh, the resolution uh, uh, to allow a plebiscite, they will introduce a postal vote, uh, which is going to cost, I think it's $130 million. Correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. 165. $165 million. Okay, so that's a lot of money. And... Uh, there is some doubt that the way the post office operates now, whether they can actually deliver that amount of mail, uh, because all they do is deliver parcels now for um, for eBay. So uh, delivering mail is going to be difficult. So are we going to get a representative sample of what 
Australians think. Uh, and uh, the worst thing about this is that none of the results are binding. So if everybody who responds to this says, yes, there should be same-sex marriage, what it means is that uh, the government will have a, uh, a conscience vote. Uh, it won't necessarily say, well, we're going to have... Still awake, everyone? You go oh, on. God, am I... Am I Waffling. This isn't fucking three LO. No, I know, I know, but but the thing is that you know you've got to understand that that if we go to this plebiscite uh, thing by mail, yep. uh, we're not going to we're mate. not going to get a result, and we won't get the representative. We won't get a representative sample, and it's not binding anyway. All it means is that, that it'll go to a free vote in parliament. So I think I think what we want is we elected these people. They should be the people who say what we think uh, should be going on. So in, I know in Malcolm Fraser's own electorate, 70% of people support... Malcolm Fraser? Malcolm Fraser. Did I say Malcolm Fraser? Jesus. Oh, well, okay. I'm living in the past a little bit. All right. Malcolm Turnbull's electorate said that... Or 70% of them said, yeah, there should be, there should be same-sex marriage. He's representing those people. Why isn't that his position? And why doesn't he, he pursue it? Oh, agreed. I think you're spot on. For a bloke of limited ability, you did pretty well. Spencer, same-sex marriage. Yeah, uh, well, you know, basically the government can go and get fucked. <laughs> you know, either legalise it or don't. Fucking shoot Luke or put down the gun, really. I'm fucking sick of hearing about it. Yeah, but you're a supporter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So you're good with it? Yeah, definitely. When you say, uh, of course, Spencer, you know... Did you have any misgivings about it, or have you had any any thoughts about it that you you, you took you a while to pursue, or did you just automatically say in the very beginning, yeah, that should be that should be okay? Uh, I'm I'm quite proud to say that I've always thought it should be okay. I think, and if you don't, you're a Neanderthal. Fuck off. Yeah, pretty much my thinking too. Yeah, Greg, when you in, decided to invite Spencer into yeah, this conversation, yeah, did I think it you, through? Or? Well, it, it is late. It is late. It? A couple and of beers in. Yes, yeah. But um, he's a journalist. Uh, he's probably right, though. Yeah. Like, are right. We we are of the consensual view. Yes, Walter. Walter is correct, and yep. it doesn't matter that we look silly to the rest of the world because we look silly for an, uh, all the things we do. Yes. Um, our treatment of indigenous last. Australians. Yes. You know, refugees, we're, we're the refugees. We're the laughing stock of the world, really. Yep. Uh, so, same-sex marriage is is just another nail in the coffin of, of how the rest of the world looks at us. Uh, but you know, we we could lead. We could lead. We this. could. When did we last lead? Well, it's been a while since we led, but uh, at least we could seem you know a little bit better, say, than North Korea or or. Um, uh, Countries, Papua. countries where they, you know, where they'll hang homosexuals. You know, we should, we should be better than that. Mm. Well, that's a pretty serious note, isn't it? To sort of peter out on. Um, thank you, uh, Spencer and uh, Grant. Um, I think we, uh, you know, I think certainly we solved Alison's problem. And and look, we were just in vehement agreement with Walter. Yeah, Walter's pretty spot on. Walter's on the money. I like Walter. I like Walter. Walter, Walter, thanks, and please encourage people in Perth to... Uh, you've got hot and cold running water there now, I hear. Try and uh, uh, listen to Snag Says. 
Grant, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've missed you. Uh, uh, you know, I've seen you now. Probably I'm all right again for a while. But um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, you always offer uh, a certain je ne sais quoi. You, offer, you bring something to the table that only an older man can, really. Uh, firstly, I'm not that old. And secondly, I'm very disappointed to hear how far behind I was. Uh, you, you had some very high-profile guests on mm. this show. I always considered myself to be a high-profile guest. Yeah, ish. Uh, Eric Banner beat me, I believe, mm. uh, only slightly. Been think, in a couple of movies. I think it was close. I think it was close. I, I think yeah. I got almost as many listeners yeah, as yeah. a guest not that as many. Eric. iTunes rang me up and said, when we'd done you, do you really want to go on with this? Ah, really? Okay. All right. Well, I'll be back again next. Next. Christ. Yeah. Well, I think we can do it. I don't don't know. know, No, we can do this as a a two-hander for a while. Do you reckon? Well, I've been back in town. The dance card's pretty cool. What else have I got to do? I've got a few other people. Well, yeah. The local... Local Garbo's on next week. Yeah, really? Yes, he's well, he, bumped he's you gonna, again. He's going to do me. <laughs> <laughs> and Spencer, always a pleasure to get um, your point of view. I'm torn between absolute pride and horror at you. Yep. Um, and uh, I hope that continues for the rest of my life. Oh, there's uh, <laughs> not much danger there, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And thank you, folks, for uh, tuning in. I mean, if you're still here now, what's wrong with your life? Um See you for Podcast 15, and I'll try and get someone mildly interesting on. Uh, Don't let the bastards get to you.